Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr., Hello, I'm Jerry. Welcome to episode four. Today's focus is marriage trouble, the ugly truth. Are you the problem? So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Apple Radical coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. This is episode four. Bam! Now, let's do this. Well, so the quote of the day is, and we know we always do a quote to start off the show because it gets us in the mood and gets us ready to get rocking. Quote, Christian soldier, spiritual battle is upon you. No longer Can you remain aloof? You are made for combat, made to fight the inner spiritual battle against evil daily. The time has come to be a man of courage, to don your armor, pick up your shield, and unsheathe your sword in preparation of the upcoming physical battle. And for whom do you battle? The battle for Christ, the battle for your marriage, the battle for your family. And if you have anything left, the battle for your very soul. Catholic Alpha, end quote. So why do I do this? As well, this is the last part of my story. Um, the first part started with my first child. The second part started with, uh, my first marriage. The third part started with my second marriage. And now with this part, we are going to start with my conversion to the Catholic faith. This is the the fourth and final part. And I do this because I wanted you to understand the pain and the journey I've gone through to get to this point. And I want you to understand that I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but that's no excuse. We should be striving for perfection. And because that is what Christ asked of us. Remember, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Christ knows that we're not perfect, but our job is to be striving for that on that journey. And that's, primarily why we have what we have today in the faith, the Catholic faith, the lady are lukewarm, the, uh, the clergy are lukewarm and 
no one striving to be the best man or best woman or best Catholic or best Christian that they can be. And that's why we're having our problems today. Um, so once, um, why do I do this again? Because I knew somebody had to start standing up for Christ. That's the bottom line. Once I really started practicing the Catholic faith, it seemed as though everybody else was in a daze, especially men. And I knew somebody, even if it had to be me, had to try and wake them up. Men are asleep. And right, this podcast is, is, is about men for a reason, because we're the wusses right now. Let's just be honest. You know, don't don't be, you know, you can be mad at me if you want, but this is Christ from Christ, man. He wasn't a wuss. He didn't leave us as wusses, but man, we have turned up to be wusses. And it's time for us to turn this around. No more should, should we be sitting in the background. You know, we need to put ourselves on the line for the for the Trinity, man. Really, we need to. Uh, if we're not willing to die or give our life away for God, then that means you 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 subject to anything. You subject to anything, any kind of manipulation. Um, and I knew, you know, I just knew that someone had to start doing something, even if it was me. Like I said, even if it's me, and I and I'm well, who am I? I'm just a regular dude trying to make a living, trying to support my family, you know, trying to be obedient to God and. Because I know this stuff, I know that this stuff works. And that's the real reason that I'm in the Catholic faith and I love God and I try to be obedient, man, because the stuff works. Because I've been where most people, I've been where you, I'm not going to lie, I've been where you are. I did all that crazy stuff, trying to trying to be something I wasn't, trying to, you know, um, always, you know, sinning and doing bad things. And and, and not, not just that, man, it, it just was always confusing about what are you here for? What am I doing? You know? And so this stuff works. And that's really the bottom line. It works because God created us and he knows why it works. He's the one that put it into, into faith. And man, if you don't really, if your faith is weak, if you're not undersure if God exists, if you have doubts like that, what you need to do is go educate yourself, man. Catholic Answers Live, although they're a little, they get a little happy clappy right now, but Catholic, Catholic Answers Live is a very good place to go to start understanding the faith, the foundation of the universe, the creation, and how things are set up. And if you don't really have a basis for understanding who God is, why God is who he is, how he came to be, how he how he fuels the universe, why he created you, why he created your wife and your children, why are you allowed to um, why are you out to participate in a God-like act like creation? I mean, you have to understand all these things. So when people that are completely ignorant, like most media or your friends or your family come and try and talk to you, you can give them a coherent, intelligent, because you can't keep doubting God because when things, when things go wrong, like what's happening now in the Catholic church, all these crazy dudes doing stuff, all the ladies standing around letting them do what they want. The first thing you want to do is leave God. Oh, Christ don't really exist. He wasn't God or God doesn't exist. Well, that's your fault because, man, God never said that you're going to be on this earth and not have any trials. You have trials for a reason so that you can strengthen your faith and strengthen yourself as a human person. Um, so this part of my story is called Out of the Darkness, My Conversion to the Catholic Faith. 
And so, like I said, this really isn't about me. I'm only telling you this so that you can understand that I was, I was just, I was in darkness. And until the Holy Spirit, you allow the Holy Spirit in, man, you will always be subject to anything anybody brings along. And guess who's the number one being trying to, trying to give you things that are unholy? That's right. Satan and his demons. Right now, there are demons all around you. and You just don't even see them. Just like your guardian angel is right there with you. You don't even see it. You have to understand what this is about, man. This is about trying to corrupt you every moment, every second, every day. And if your mind and your heart and your soul is not, is, is not up, is not, you know, leaning up towards God, you're going to have a problem. You are going to have a problem. You're going to be influenced. Um, so, and you know what? You know where I got that from? I got that from an exorcist. <laughs> His name is Father Chad Ripperker. Father Vincent Lampert is the exorcist for um, Indianapolis, uh, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And Father Ripperker, I think, is in Oklahoma now or something. I can't know. They move him around. But, you know, you, you just have to, you know, I'm a type of person that I speak to people. And I listen to people that know what they're talking about. You know, uh, not everybody knows exactly. Not everybody's perfect. Not everybody knows everything in this faith. I mean, it is the, the Catholic faith is just so vast that we have to understand, man, we, we could never know in four or five lifetimes everything that the Catholic faith offers that Christ left us. And when we're a, if we're a Protestant or if we are in a, a non-believer or are we, a, are we an atheist or something? Our lives are really empty. You know, sure, if you're a Protestant, it's more fulfilling and more on the right track than a totally total atheist or something. But, you know, we have to understand that we have to get where Christ is asking us to be. And that's in the Catholic Church so that we understand over, with over 2000 years what's going on and why like right now why this is happening in the church right now believe it or not the blessed mother christ's mother you know mary she is the one that kind of like and back in fatima she kind of predicted all this stuff we didn't get together if we didn't convert uh russia over from communism uh not just that convert them uh, you know, into the Catholic faith and, you know, get them going. If we didn't, if, if the, if we didn't consecrate them, I think they called, they wanted to con- the, the consecrate, uh, the Pope and all of, you know, to consecrate. Oh man, I can't, I don't have it right. But anyway, Fatima is where, you know, the three kids saw, had all these revelations that got it from the Blessed Mother. And, you know, she, she predicted all this stuff that the turmoil in the church and stuff, if we didn't get together. Um, I think it was before World War Two, I think it was after right after World War One. I'm not sure, but anyway, I I, sh- I didn't. I mean, that's just off the cuff. <laughs> Sometimes you have so much information in your head. That's the thing about the Catholic faith. You have all this stuff in your head, and you try to recall it. And sometimes, you know, when you it pops in your head, you don't have all the details right. But you know what? I got the gist of it. Okay. Uh, next. So my uh, story out of the darkness. Um. I guess um, after during my second marriage, like I said, I became Catholic because of my wife, because I really didn't know anything. And if you're a man, you know, 
most women are very spiritual and loving and merciful and nurturing and they understand spirituality and the need for God and Christ, but they don't, women won't say a lot. A lot of the times they try to lead the man because they know how hard headed we are. If they come up to us and go, you took your, take your butt to mass every Sunday. You need to do this. You need to do that. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we do that? See, that's the curse of Eve. That's the curse of Eve. And when you, when a woman tries to put the curse of Eve on a man, he, he don't listen to her. He, he disregards everything she says, even though it's his wife. <laughs> so the curse of Eve is when at, when is, is, is during the fall, right? So the fall happened. Adam pumped out. He, you know, his wife uh, ate the apple. Then she came over, had him eat the apple, which means she manipulate him. She tried to control Adam. And so God said what happened. And then what did Adam do? He punked out twice and said, well, the woman did it. And she told me to do it. So I did it. So basically God said, okay, that's cool. Now you banished, you know, for the rest of time, you will be, um, you will be uh, punished by your wife nagging you and trying to control you and, and her having pain during, uh, uh, for pregnancy, you know, you, you will be, you will, you want to listen to your wife. Like father Ripperker says, now you're going to really listen to her. And that's called the curse of Eve because after the fall, women tried their best to control their husbands. And the more you try to control your husband, the more he rejects you. So it's called the curse of Eve. Okay. So if you're a woman listening to this, you can't be trying. And I know it's, it goes against every instinct in your body because you think, especially the day the way men are portrayed, you think, you think he's a, he's a, he's a nincompoop. You think your husband, you're not going to sit out loud, but inside you think, well, he can't do this right. He's not doing that right. If he would only do this, if he would only do that, that's kind of how we're doing in the Catholic church, in the church right now. Well, if the bishops would only do this, if the bishops would only do that, if the priest, my, if my father priest would only do this, he would only do that. Well, if you, if you, what you have to do, man, with men, you can't force them to really do anything. You have to lead them and guide them. Ask them questions. You have to lead by the hip, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Socratic method. And the Socratic method of evangelization is you ask questions so the person will reflect on your question. And then you give them the answer and that's how you guide them. You can't give people orders, especially men. You can't give them orders and they're going to listen. Okay. So that's a little tip for women today. Um, okay. So God gave my trials a temporary reprieve. I guess he sensed I was wearing down, you know, after my first wife died, after my first debacle with my first child. And if you want to understand that, go to episode one to see about my first child, uh, episode two, to see about my first marriage, episode three, to see about my second marriage. But after those trials, um, I guess God decided to give me a little break. And uh, I guess he sensed I was wearing down. And so he started giving me a little break, but it didn't last long in my second marriage. I mean, it just started, chaos just started to happen. So my wife is fifth generation Catholic. And so what we started to do, um, but we started, my wife fits generate Catholic with me. Her, her, her family's been Catholic for almost forever. <laughs> so my wife, when I was, um, 
when I first came, we first got married, and then she, you know, kept asking me to be a Catholic, and I said, well, why not? And even then, as a heathen, I knew that it was probably best when we were the same religion so that we could at least be somewhat on the same page. And I really didn't, um, I really didn't um, want to do it, but I did it for her. I went through RCIA, which is the, you know, religious um, thing that you have to go through as a Catholic. It's a class you go through to understand what Catholicism is about. So basically, you know what you're getting into. And so that's what I did. I became Catholic. And my wife wasn't really practicing, even after I became Catholic and I went through confession, all that stuff. We still really wasn't practicing. Um, we went to we went to church occasionally. Then I joined the choir and stuff. And we went a while. We went we went for a while. Then we stopped going. And this is all during and all this time. What happened is all this bad stuff started happening in our marriage. You know, um, like I said earlier, the the, the foster care thing. Uh, our kids were having problems. Um, me and her really never had tough problems, but I could tell she was she was suffering. It was all basically it's my fault because I wasn't being the right leader. I grew up in a kind uh, in a different kind of, in different kind of denominations. Um, my grandmother my, on my father's side was Jehovah's Witness. My mom and dad tried to be Baptist for a little while. When I say a little while, I mean a real little while. Uh, basically <laughs> that was, they would go and, uh, my parents, my father, we all went to church at first, but after a little, see, I'm, I was a kid in the, in my early teens, so I don't really have a great recall, but basically after a while it, it, it came to be that my father would get up on Sunday and drive me and my sister to church and he would go back home and me and my sister would be up in the church <laughs> by ourselves with no parents. It was funny. It was funny then, but it's really funny now thinking back to it. And it was just funny. And, and it wasn't just, you know, some people would say, well, boy, that's bad. But, man, you got to remember, man, my father and my mother, dude, they were in, it was hard times. And not just that, they didn't really understand the faith. They didn't understand, my father would understand how to be the right man. He was just doing what he thought was best. He was trying to do what he, what he could. And so on Sundays, he's tired after working five, six days a week. My mother, she's tired because she used to work. Uh, from 12 o'clock at night to seven o'clock in the morning, that kind of shift. So she was tired on Sundays too. So I understand it now, you know, but then, and it, it was just funny that, you know, they're trying to set examples for us, but we got to go and they don't. So uh, my, my grandparents um, on my mother's side, they were Presbyterian went to a Presbyterian church. And my, my, my wife always tells me that my, my grandparents remember that they were Catholic. Uh, they were Catholic. Uh, my, my great grand, my mommy, my uh, great grandfather just died not too many years ago. And he, he, he died at 101, 102, something like that. 105. I can't remember, but he only, you know what? He only died because he fell and broke his hip or something. And then it just went down from there. But he was the most healthiest dude that we've all ever seen. Um, so one day talking to a friend, uh, he wanted to, he was, he told me he was going to on a, on a retreat. And I, I, I had never been on a Catholic retreat, which is what every man should be doing at least once a year. But I haven't been on a Catholic retreat. Like I said, we really weren't practicing. And he was like, Hey, Jerry, man, uh, I got picked to be on this team to, to support these, uh, people at, um, at a, a, a retreat called Crisil. And, 
I was like, oh, yeah, really? He was like, yeah. And I knew my wife had been to Crisillo. My wife was in Crisillo 65 in Indiana, Indianapolis, in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. So, man, can you imagine that is a long, like now they're up to like 116 or 15 or 17 or something like that. So my wife was, has been to Cursiista for a long time. And so I knew, and when we and my wife were dating too, uh, she would have me go to some of the Cursiista events, which I really shouldn't have went to because I wasn't a Cursiista at the time. But she would have come, come and I would sit in the back for a couple of them. The kids would be there and stuff. It was just, you know, it was really, I really liked it, but I never thought it would be something I would do. So when he was saying, asked, told me what it was, I was like, oh, well, man, if you don't want to go by yourself, man, I'll go. He was like, oh, okay. So I, I was probably the only man in the history of the Cur- of the Curcio of Curcio and in a uh, hundred years <laughs> that went on the first time somebody asking him. Most men, and you can ask them, you can ask anybody that's, a Cur- that's in the Curcio. It takes men five, 10, 15 times to be asked before they come because we don't want to go. And we have things to do. We, you know, we try to make money and support our stuff and do all that kind of things. And so when he asked me, I was like, sure, I'll go. And so everybody that's a cursed yester always thinks that story is really funny. But anyway, so he asked me to go and Cursillo just changed everything for me. Sure, Cursillo's a little happy, clappy, and a lot of the people that are really orthodox and understand the faith a lot more. You're going to say, Jerry Cursillo, I know, man, but you got to understand, man, Christ has to, Christ meets us where we are. And that's the thing about Cursillo. Even if you like, when I go to Cursillo on team now, even as, you know, as much as I've learned in the faith over these past eight, nine, 10 years, every time I go, I learn something new. I get something out of it. I'm serving, trying to bring other men that are not as far along in their faith as I am or most of the other team members. And that's what it's about, man, serving and evangelizing. evangelizing. And if we sit back all the time and say, well, I'm not going to do that because they're this and they're that, man, you're missing out on the point. The thing about Crisillo, the people that go there are happy, clappy, and they all they talk about is mercy, mercy, mercy. And, and, and they really don't understand. A lot of them don't really understand the faith that much because they're so worried about offending people, you know, just like kind of like how the priests are and stuff in the church sometimes, you know, but the program of Crisillo is on point for the most part. But now they're trying to change it and stuff. But when you go, the things that the speakers talk about and the men talk about and the, the stuff we do, it's on point with the Catholic faith, man. It really is. So a lot of times we can't be speaking on, we can't worry about the people. We have to worry about us and what Christ is trying to have us do. So Crisillo really changed my life, man. And so the first night I didn't want to go, you know, I, went, I, I got, matter of fact, I know I did want to go, but I caught the flu or I got really sick on that Thursday I was supposed to go. And man, on Thursday night, Friday, I thought I was going to have to go home. But I stuck it out and all of a sudden my fever dropped and I stayed. And it was the best thing that happened in my life, dude. I'm telling you, I went and I learned my mission as a man. I started not totally, but it was a starting point to get me under to ask me, this is it. God is it. Christ is it. Because I used to say when I wasn't in church or anything, I used to say, man, first of all, I'm just going to be real with you. 
all this depiction of Christ with looking like a woman with this long hair, this pure, pure, fair skin, the way that they portray him. There's this one Protestant church that I've I went to and I and I've saw they had this picture of Christ. He don't even look like a man, really. And so if you are a dude trying to find your masculinity and trying to understand what you're about and what you're here for, and you see that, you go, man, I'm not trying to be part of that. I'm not trying to be part of something like that. I'm not trying to follow somebody that looks like that. You know, and that's exactly why the Muslims are stealing our boys. We we think it's because, you know, when you don't teach God's word straight out, when you don't teach about hell, we don't teach about heaven, we don't teach about purgatory, we don't teach about sin, we don't teach about uh, demons and the Satan and all this stuff and the, the natural and supernatural world and how they're together and how they interact with each other. People start to lose their faith. They start to become lukewarm. And then you get mad at them. Then you get mad at them because <laughs> you get mad at them because they don't want to come to church or they don't give no money in the church or they don't. They, they switch churches and go to a Protestant church. And give the Protestant church their money until the Protestant priest pisses them, the Protestant minister pisses them off, and then they switch again. See, the Catholic faith is responsible. The men in the Catholic faith are responsible for a lot of this stuff that's going on. We have we have caused a cascade, hurricane, typhoon of repercussions that we just don't completely even understand. This stuff is not rocket science. Preach the word of God, be a lion in the pulpit and a lamb in the confessional. That's how that's how I think uh, Father Vincent Relia said that. Not Vincent Relia. Father uh Father Relia said that. You know, uh, listen to him sometimes. You know, you be a lion in the pulpit, which means you get up there and you tell the truth of Christ no matter who it hurts, how much it hurts them, and how much they bitch about it. And then in the confessional, when they come, you don't be, be, you don't beat them up. You don't chastise them in the confessional. You're a lamb. You act like Christ in the confessional because you all represent Christ in the confessional. And then it's not rocket science. You teach people what they're supposed to do, why they're supposed to do it, and you empathize. And they come to confessional. Confessional, you be empathetic and understanding, and you be merciful, and you give them absolution if they're sorry. It's simple, dude. It really is. It's not rocket science. And it pisses me off when people look when, when people don't do their job or they get mad and walk out of walk out of a, a function, a Catholic function, or walk out of mass and get pissed off when a priest is up there tell, trying to save your darn soul and teach you about why abortion's wrong. It makes no sense. Okay? Anyway, so Chrisil changed my life. And what happened was this man got up. And he gave this talk and it was so moving to me, not really moving. It just started making me understand, you know, what's going on and that, you know, it's a reason that we go through these trials and stuff. So he, he affected me so much after his talk, I walked up to him and asked him, I said, Hey man, can I, can I talk to you in the, in the chapel later on tonight? He's like, Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Jerry. Sure. So I thought he was going to punk out on me, right? I thought he was going to try to avoid me, but he didn't. Soon as we got done with Chrisil activities for that day, it was in the evening time and I went and got him. And I said, hey, man, is there a way that we could um, talk? He said, oh, yeah, come on. So we went in the chapel. And the first thing I told him, I said, look, man, I'm just going to be real. 
you know, I never asked Christ, this dude, to die for me. I never asked him to do anything for me. And, you know, first, another thing, he looks kind of wussy. And they expect us to, to a man, as a man, to, to, to look at the, look up to this man and stuff. And I, how can I love, I ask, how can I love somebody? I don't even know him or no, anything like that. See, man, I was totally, totally confused. But you know, the thing that gives me some redemption, and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you over the years, I've thought about this. What gives me some redemption is I listen to the Holy Spirit tapping me on my shoulder to go find out the answers. And that's the difference between an ignoramus and a person who who listens and wants to know and has fire and wants to understand his purpose in his life. And so the first thing he said to me is I'm going to move on. He said, Jerry, first of all, love is not an emotion. Love is an act. And when he said that, it's like all this flood of, 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 of stuff came in from me inside that chapel. It all made complete sense. I know you're like, just because he said that, yes. He, the dude said, Jerry, you have to understand love is not this emotional, fuzzy feeling, whatever I want to do and how I feel. He said, it's about the intellect. It's about what, what you know and give your, giving yourself consent, your will, giving your will over, uh, making a strong choice. And he said, Christ, that's what Christ is asking you to do. He's asking you to make a choice. Love is an act of the will. So either I choose to love Christ or I don't. I choose to love my wife or I don't. I choose to love my children or I don't. I choose to love Christ church, the Catholic church, or I don't. If I don't choose to do it, I'll move on. If I do choose to do it, bam. You know why? Because when you make a choice, it's not an emotion it's a it's a it's an a, it's a, a intellectual decision and i said oh man i can do that i don't i don't have to be all fuzzy about christ right now but i see that it affect these all these other men and they're trying to do it i can do it too so from that point on i decided that i I'm going to love Christ no matter what. I'm going to love my wife no matter what. I'm going to love my children no matter what. I'm going to love the Catholic faith because it's the church Christ started no matter what, because that's where he want me to be no matter what. It's not an emotional feeling thing because emotions are fleeting. They will leave you. They will leave and abandon you, man. They will. And then you start doing dumb stuff. Like walking around in a gay parade with pink shorts on and waving some kind of crazy sign looking like a girl. Do you understand how it works? So I said, oh my God. And after that, that was like on Friday night, I think. And on Saturday and Sunday, it, it just, my whole life, it, I just took everything I, I, I could come. I just took everything in. Everything they had to say, it just could, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It's like I couldn't get enough of what they were saying, what they were doing. 
I just wanted God to give me all the information that he could give me because now I understand I don't have to be all mushy and and, and love somebody like my wife right now. I, I you know, so and then what I found out over the years is there is times when you have that mushy feeling about Christ and the God and the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph, you know, Saint and all the saints. You you feel that mushy feeling about Christ because sometimes in Mass, especially the Latin Mass, you become overwhelmed with emotion because you you start to understand what this is about. And yes, sometimes as a man you do feel that, and that's good. But 90% of the time, if you start to pin on those feelings, you know what God's going to do? He's going to rip those feelings right away from you. He's going to do something to rip it away. And then if you have, have, if you have used your whole life and depend on your emotions for Christ, your whole life, all of a sudden something tragic happens in your life, God will, and then you can't then he, that's a test to see if you can take it. And then what do most people do? I'm going to leave the Catholic church. I'm going to abandon Christ. When you use emotion, you are sub subject to evil because emotion is a, is a, is a factor in the body. And so that's why, you, you know, the body, is, that's why the sixth and ninth commandment are what most people go to hell for. If you don't know what the sixth and ninth commandment is, the sixth commandment, is adultery the ninth of man is about uh covering your wife your neighbor's wife that kind of stuff okay oh another thing you gotta learn the ten commandments in order of the catholic faith so because it's important that you understand what they are in order okay that's that's a little tidbit okay so that that that's what happened and so after chrisil i started listening to catholic answers live and I started getting into apologetics so I could learn the faith, learn things. And man, Catholic Answers at that time, it was going a little happy, but man, they were on point. They would lead me to all these different other avenues of, of saints and authors and laity and theologians that knew the faith, that loved Christ and want you to know Christ like Dr. Scott Hahn and those kind of people. And, and you know, and, and then so... The first show I listened to with Doug was Doug Berry. And I turned up my wife said, well, you start listening to Catholic Answers. I don't want to listen to that. Blah, blah, blah. You know how we are sometimes, man. You know how we are. And so I said, okay, I listened to it. So one time night home from work, I turned on Catholic Answers and just so happened, the first person on that show was Doug Berry. He was a manly, masculine do that love Christ and he wanted all other men to understand their duty as a man in their families, in society, in the Catholic church. And he just talked about stuff I'd never heard before. Cause I thought all people, all men in the religious sect, they were, they were wusses. But man, this dude was not a wuss dude. He was a man that had a mission and he understood his mission and he was trying to make sure we understood our mission. And when you hear something like that after coming off a retreat that was the same was the same thing, if you don't get into God then and understand what needs to be done then you got a serious problem, man. You got a serious problem. You you have you can't God is not going to give you time forever. He's not going to give you time to ever to ever to get your act together. Okay? So now, that was it. That's my story. That's my story. And I hope that, you know, that you as a brother will 
start to analyze your own self and to analyze your, your situation and your life and your relationship with Christ and to see how far you can go and what, what, how far how you can journey and take your family with you. Because when you die, the particular judgment happens and it's going to be one of those things of you're going to be judged on how many souls you got behind you. And I'm telling you, if your wife and your kids ain't one of them, man, you got a lot to answer for. Okay. And I'm telling you this because nobody's going to tell you this, man. Nobody's going to tell you this in your face. And it's time that the truth is of the most important thing. Every day a man should be praying, God, please give me the truth. Please give me the courage to explain that truth, to give it to others. Okay. That's why praying for meekness, patience, patience, and humility is a big thing. I pray for them every day because I understand you can't be prideful when talking to people. You got to let the Holy Spirit talk to them while you're talking to them. You got to say your peace and you got to shut the hell up. That's what you do. You can't keep badgering people because they ain't going to listen. Even women, you know, it's a certain way that you got to be when you evangelize. Um, so that's that. Woo, man, I'm tired after that. Uh, I got carried away, but I'm glad you're still with me. So please remember to share this podcast with someone needing, to, needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on catholicalpha.com to get new episodes in your email. Look, man, any man right now, these first few episodes, I con- I'm concentrating a lot on masculinity. I'm not talking a lot in masculinity and prayer. I'm not talking about the marital, about sex in the marital embrace a lot because in order for, to prosper in the marital embrace the right way, the way God intends, the way your wife needs, you need to understand your role as a man. First, you need to understand your role, your prayer, you to engage in your prayer life so that you as a man, I don't care if you are husband or if you're single, these two things, you must start right away. You know, the marital embrace will come. It will. Intimacy will come. But it won't come at the level of holiness that you need if you as a man don't understand what your mission as a man and what understanding God and prayer and how the universe works and all this stuff. You got to understand how the supernatural realm works just as you understand how the natural realm works. It's very important. And I know I'm talking a lot about masculinity because, man, today masculinity is gone it's in a fight it's in a battle to sustain itself and if we keep not understanding what our role is and and keep raising wusses for boys allowing not trying to counsel these men that walk around not being the best men they can be we are not doing justice to christ we're letting christ down is that how you want to go to your grave
right, now we're going to go into our next segment, Catholic Alpha's Radical Rant of the Day, entitled The Cowardice of Men, the Top 21 Reasons Men Have Caused the 2018 Scandal in the Catholic Church and Why We're Not Going to Take It Anymore. Number four. So before I start, as I've said in the other three episodes, this will be a 21 episode series, one per show. Also understand that the infiltration of the Catholic Church with homosexuality and radical feminism, plus the watering down of the faith and the stripping away of the Latin mass was planned in order to destroy the morality of those within the church, priests and laity, and is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. You must understand that. The church is the church and the people are the people. The church is the church and the people are the people. The church is the church and the people are the people. The church has its doctrine. The church has its dogma. The church has its discipline. The church has its traditions, which is grounded in Christ over 2,000 years. But the people in the church destroy that and water it down, don't follow instructions, aren't obedient, do their own thing, do their own will, make their own decisions. Does that sound familiar? I don't care what so-called church you in, if it's a Protestant church, Jehovah's Witness, Baptist, Presbyterian, if you're in the church of the world of the Lord or whatever you in, if you're in the church of the living water, it doesn't matter what you in. You understand what I just said. You cannot leave Christ, which is the Catholic Church. You cannot leave Christ because of Judas, man. There's always going to be bad people in the church. We're all struggling. We all sin. We all do bad things. We all make crappy decisions. But you can't leave the church because you can't change the church for one. You can't be the man you're called to be for one. And once you leave the church, you go out from under the natural order. And the natural order is God, husband, wife, children, country, and everybody else. Okay? Please understand that. Please understand that. Once you leave the Catholic faith, you become, you leave of from under the submission of Christ, which is what it's talking about in Ephesians 5, wives submit to their husbands, but it's not only talking about that, it's talking about men submit to Christ. So when you step outside that, what happens when you step outside from under Christ and you leave the Catholic faith, you become the minion of Satan. And what that does means is God pulls away his grace and Satan inserts his. So you're going to either have grace from God or grace from Satan. Boom. And I know people ain't going to like me saying that, but it's the truth. I say grace from Satan as a, as a, as a pun, but it's basically, basically you have to choose. I was to this priest the other day, man, you got to listen to FSSP for priests, man. They, them for the most part, man, they are on point. I'm sorry. They just are. Um, it's a, it's a, um, it, on YouTube, it's a side note. On YouTube, it's called uh, it's called uh, um, Census Fidelium, 
and it's got thousands and thousands of videos and sermons on the faith. It teaches you what you need to do for the most part. And once you start listening to that, you will come along slow and you will be the man God's asked you to be, which in turn makes you start becoming the man your girlfriend needs and your wife needs, which is what? To become a holy lover. Bam. Okay. So why was this done? Uh, the infiltration of the Catholic Church with homosexuality and radical feminism to destroy the American family, to destroy our morality, and to destroy our patriotism in order that we become susceptible to communism and its ideas. If you want more on this, please refer back to episode number two. Many people want to bash or worse leave the Catholic faith because of the current scandal. That's pure ignorance. That's exactly what the evil wants you to do, like I already talked about. Also, we, we must understand that there are many Judases among us. Are you going to abandon Christ too? Judas abandoned Christ for 30, for 30 pieces of silver, which I'm sure was more than $30, but I always, in my mind, I always go, $30, man, you left Christ for $30? Boy. <laughs> so, but my opinion, are, are you, gonna, are you going to abandon Christ too? You got to choose a side, man. You can't be on the fence, dude. Well, I believe in abortion, but I don't believe I don't believe in homosexuality. I believe in contraception. But it's okay to uh, uh, it's okay to not go to mass every Sunday. You know, that's called a cafeteria Catholic, whereas you uh, do what Christ has asked you to do when you want to. When you don't want to, you do what you want to do. Like I mess around on my wife, you know, but you know, I'm gonna be the best friend I can be. You know, crazy stuff like that. I have all my buddies, but you know, I, I gotta be a good friend. You know. Anyway, so we must fight within the church. This is how Christ demands it because this is the church He created. You gotta fight within the church. You gotta fight within the church. You gotta fight within the church. Because Christ understands there's going to be a battle in the church. And right now, the church has been infiltrated by evil. And if you don't understand that, you have a serious problem. You got to get your head out of the sand as a man. Become a man of peace, love, mercy, discipline, obedience, humility, perseverance, fortitude, patience, meekness. Please start getting in the game. Get in the game, dude. Get in the game. Okay, um, you can't change the church outside the church. So let's get started with number four of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church, cowardice of men. Let's review the, let's review the first three. Number one was refusal to accept our role as men. That was episode number one. Number two was, was allowed the men in the Catholic Church Popes, cardinals, bishops, priests, deacons to water down, dilute the teachings of the Catholic faith. That was in episode two. Episode three, which is number three, they didn't fight for Christ during Vatican II. And before each number, and uh, before each number, I will read a quote directly from the document containing Cardinal Carlo Maria Vigano's testimony, so that you can understand the gravity of this situation and move to destroy and speak out against it in your environment, which is church, marriage, family, society, work. We have to, men, 
this country, this world, your family is not going to change until you man up and take responsibility for it. We have to stop crossing our arms in mass and waiting for it to be over. We have to engage Christ. We have to stop being wusses in society. When somebody says GD two, three, four times in your presence, and you know what GD is, and I got to say it, but God, please forgive me, name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When somebody in your presence is saying God damn or any derivative of that, it's time for you to speak up and say, man, you are offending me. You are degrading, disgracing the word of God. If you love Christ and you love God, you should feel a certain, uh, you should feel a certain, uh, you should feel a certain uncomfortableness inside your soul when you hear people do that. Okay. So we have to start standing up as men. Stop being punks. Okay. You can't, you can't put yourself above God. You have to sacrifice yourself for God. Okay. And realize, uh, um, so, quote from Archbishop Vigano on the abuses of Cardinal McCarrick. Quote number four for show number four. In my memo, which I believed on that same December 6th, which I delivered on that same December 6, 2006, in my direct superior to my direct superior, the substitute Leonardo Sandri, I proposed the following considerations and courses of action to my superiors. Given, number one, given that it seemed a new scandal of particular gravity as it regarded a cardinal was going to be added to the many scandals for the church in the United States. Number two, and that since this matter had to do with a cardinal and according to canon law 1405, I proposed that an exemplary measure be taken against the cardinal that would have a medicinal function to prevent future abuses against innocent victims and alleviate the very serious scandal for the faithful who, despite everything, continue to love and believe in the mother holy church. I added that it would be salutary if for once ecclesiastical authority would intervene before the civil authorities and if possible, before the scandal had broken out in this press, in the press. This could have restored some dignity to a church so sorely tried and humiliated by so many abominable acts on the part of some pastors. If this were done, the civil authority would no longer have to judge a cardinal, but a pastor with whom the church had already taken appropriate measures to prevent the cardinal from abusing his authority and continuing to destroy innocent victims. By memo of December 6, my memo of December 6, 2006 was kept to my superiors and was never returned to me with any actual decision by the superiors of this matter. End quote. Cardinal Carlo Maria Vigano. It's deep. It's deep. But my question to you, man, are you going to, what you going to do about it? That's the big question. So, Realize uh, that these numbers, these one through 21 numbers I'm going to do, they're not in any order because basically all of them feed off each other. So number four of men of cowardice, the reason men are responsible for the 2018 scandal in the Catholic church, number four, 
and unwillingness to, to sacrifice for Christ. Woo! I have not already covered some of that, so let's go. In this country, we have forgotten what sacrifice really means, and worse yet, who and what it's meant for. Sacrifice means giving your life away for something greater than yourself daily. As men, our duty given by God is to give our life away for Christ through obedience, which helps us die to self, basically in selfishness, in order that holiness can step forth. Step forth. Now, we have to understand, man, like I said earlier, leading up to this, we have to learn that this life is a test. Everything about it, every decision, every pleasure, every sin we do, every good thing we do, every bad thing we do, every act we do, every act we don't do. It's all a test. Why? To journey you and make you understand that you need God for holiness and journey and everlasting life. And I know you don't like, people don't like hearing everlasting life and eternity, all that stuff because they don't want to think about it. They say, oh, that's a cliche. It ain't a cliche, man. It's the deal. If you understood, if God is real, and this is what you, I'm going to say this real quick. Either God is real or he ain't. Either Christ was a God or he wasn't. Either Holy Spirit infected the apostles at Pentecost or he didn't. There's either the Trinity or it's not. Either there's Satan or it's not. You can't believe in Satan and not believe in God. That's why they don't preach hell in the church anymore, most of them. Look, you got to make a choice. If Christ ain't Satan, then he's lying. I mean, if Christ is not God, then he's lying. If Christ is lying, then the Catholic Church means nothing. The Protestant Church means nothing. The Orthodox Church means nothing. If Christ is not God, none of this matters. That's why they're always trying to prove to you that he was just a good person. He didn't perform any miracles. That's what they're trying to prove that God isn't the first mover. If you don't understand what the first mover is, you need to go to Catholic Answers and Google it inside Catholic Answers what the first mover is. And you will get all that you want to know about that. The first mover is Christ, is God is the first mover of the universe. He is the being. He is the all-knowing, all-omnipotent. He started it. He caused the Big Bang. Because in physics, you can't have a non-moving object. Something just doesn't happen. It has to have energy to move. Something has to cause it to move. Just like your body. If God put away his grace right now, you would fall over dead. You know why? Because there's no, you think your heart just beats on its own. How does your heart beat? Figure that out. Oh yeah. The blood goes through it and makes it, makes it flow. But how does the blood flow? How do you have, where are these, where are those electrical, electrical things inside your body come from to make your body function? And then once you get that answer, well, then how does that do it? And then how does that do it? And then you keep going back. You have to keep going back and, and eventually it will lead you to God. Okay. All right. So, um, so uh, we are to sacrifice for our marriage, wife and children. Okay. This gives us holiness. And how do we do this? How do we sacrifice? See, that's another thing that people don't do. They tell you stuff, but they don't tell you how and why. So I'm going to tell you how you sacrifice. 
How do you give your life away daily? Okay, for something bigger and greater than your selfish self. This is how you as a man do it. First of all, prayer. First thing you should be doing every day before your feet get off the bed is to pray. Okay, asking God, thank you for letting me come, do three Hail Marys, whatever you got to do. Okay, prayer is the foundation. Prayer gives you a relationship with God and makes you closer to him so that when you need him, he comes in and saves you. If you don't have a relationship with God and you and the great get in the car accident or you in, in 9-11, you at the top of the World Trade Center and you have a relationship with God and, and God, please save me. God, please save me. He ain't going to hear you because for 30 years, for 40 years, for 90 years, you was nowhere. You didn't involve him in your life. So what is, why should he return it? God pulls his grace away because you reject him. It's not what God does is what you do. God doesn't cause evil. You do. Okay, next thing is fasting. Fasting is a form of prayer, but fasting makes you a strong, masculine man. It makes you learn to deny your own pleasures. It makes you learn how to offer that suffering when you fast, which is up to someone else besides you. If you don't know what fasting is, fasting is um, fasting is uh, denying yourself food for the benefit of another, which is Christ or for your wife that you offer up to Christ or for your family or for the church or for the Pope or anything like that. You are suffering for someone else other than yourself. That's called sacrifice. Okay. Fasting teaches you to deny your selfishness. It teaches you to learn how to give and suffer for another. All right. The rosary. The rosary is is another thing that's very important how you sacrifice. Look, because prayer is hard. We all know praying is hard, especially meditating prayer where you say the same thing over and over again. But that's so that you can get in and you can meditate on the mysteries of God. Why is God here? His life, his sufferings, his his crucifixion. Because, again, like I said, the mass is a sacrifice. That's why your life is a sacrifice as a man. Your life is a complete sacrifice. See what God, see how Christ did it? See how God set it up? Your life is a sacrifice, okay? You pray the rosary because the Blessed Mother asked her son to come into your family and to protect your family from the evil one. Now, when I say the evil one and Satan, it's evil, but it's, what, what I mean is, Okay, when your kids are not around, if you don't pray and fast and say the rosary, which is your number one battle weapon against evil, what will happen is your kids are going to act out in school. Your wife is, you can't, your wife is going to be unhappy and, and unrestful. There's nothing you can do to soothe her. Your kids uh, might, might, uh, might go and molest somebody or your, your husband, I mean, your wife might go mess around on you or your mother, uh, you know, anything like that in your home, in your home, you come home and the house is in chaos. When you walk in the door, your house never really has peace. Somebody's always upset. See praying the rosary and praying that the blessed mother asked Jesus to, 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 to give your home grace to give it peace so that you can do your job, which is raise your children and send your and get your family towards God. If you're not doing any of that, 
There's no way you can protect your children 24 hours a day, homeboy. There's no way that you can physically listen to what I'm saying. Please listen to what I'm saying. There's no way that you can physically protect your children 24 hours a day. But supernaturally, you can. Supernaturally, you can. You ask the saints, the Blessed Mother, Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, you ask them for help. And the only way you can do that is through prayer. And rosary is your number one instrument in that battle. That's why I say you must enter the battle daily. Okay. Moving on. When we stop suffering for our Lord and our wife, we become soft, weak, and susceptible to evil and outside influences. When you only consider yourself or 90% only consider yourself or 80% or 50% or 30% or 20% or 10%, you can never, ever, ever, ever as the head of your home, as a spiritual leader, as a man of God, as a man of courage, as a Christian soldier, as true man, can you ever consider yourself before anyone in your home especially your wife, especially your marriage, especially God. More important, we basically basically become selfish. We turn in upon ourselves. When we are selfish, we, we turn in upon ourselves. We only consider ourselves. The world revolves around us. We become dirt. We become nothing. These men in the faith have forgotten that. The men in the Catholic Church, the clergy, for the most part, many of them, most of them have forgotten this. They have forgotten their purpose and vow to God as priests. Again, as men, we will never be at peace until we sacrifice our one and only life for something other than ourselves. Habitually seeking pleasure only makes us effeminate and emasculated. Effeminate means that you, as a man, deny doing the tough stuff, like telling your wife you love her, like having a conversation with your wife, like making your wife the best friend, your best friend, by kissing your wife when she, even when you don't feel like it, by talking to your children, even when you don't feel like it, by hugging your children, even when you don't feel like it, by praying, even when you don't feel like it. By worshiping God, even when you don't feel like it. By praying the rosary, even when you don't feel like it. That, and you uh, you decide instead of doing the tough stuff in your life, you go and watch TV. You go and watch a football game. You watch a soccer game. You watch a baseball game. You get in your car and go spend time with your buddies at the bar. You go to work and spend 12, 15, 18 hours at work because you don't want to come home. You get on, uh, play video games. You do all these things of pleasure. You go and find another woman to have sex with. You do, you find anything of pleasure that you can do besides the tough, hard stuff. And that's what giving your life away as a man is and means. Please listen to what I'm saying. And I don't have to talk about emasculation. You already know what that means. Your masculinity is stripped away as a man. Basically, that means this. You allow women to degrade you and disrespect you in the natural order as a man. 
You do not use women. You use women up. You don't allow them to be your helpmate and you try to dominate them. You don't, you, you don't assert yourself. You don't stand up for anything. You don't stand up for God. You don't stand up for Christ or the Trinity. You don't stand up for the church. You only consider yourself. Your masculinity, your manliness has been completely stripped away because in essence, you are a coward. And I tell you, I pray every day that God will let me be the man that he needs me to be. You have to pray to be the man God needs you to be so that he'll give you the grace to stand up, the fortitude to stand up and be the man that he needs you to be, that your wife needs you to be, that your children need you to be. And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect. I'm not saying any of that, but as I said before, you have to be striving for that because if you don't strive for that, you can't move forward. Our will becomes weak. If we only seek pleasure, our will becomes weak. Example, cell phones. I know dudes that can't put their cell phone down for nothing. We're sitting in a meeting and their cell phone is still going off and they're still sitting there texting like we ain't there. It's completely rude, it's completely effeminate, and it's completely emasculated. You better believe that there were many lady lady men and clergy in the Catholic Church that knew these things were going on. But did any of them move to really stop it? I mean, stop it at the sacrifice of themselves, their status, their job, their family, siblings, their mother, father, friends, etc. Well, the proof is about us. Obviously, they didn't. Look, man, the men in the Catholic faith, and I mean the laity too, and the clergy, we all stood by knowing this stuff was going on, and what did we do? Especially the cradle Catholics. They sat there, and they knew. Most of them knew that the stuff was wrong, but they, you know, they in your heart, the natural law tells you inside your heart that this is wrong. But what do we do? We sat there because, see, in the Catholic Church, priests represent Christ. So when you speak up against a pope, a bishop, a cardinal, a priest, a deacon, they are ordained. They represent Christ. So what happens is if they represent Christ, we get this funny thing about we're not supposed to dog out priests. We're supposed to pray for them. And that is exactly true. And as as I've explained, I don't take that lightly. But there comes a point in time that as a man, Christ, when he was in the temple, he turned over the tables and tore up that place because those dudes were doing things completely against his father, which is God. And when men, I don't care if they're ordained, if they're your boss, if they're the president of the United States, if they're the pope, I don't care. When they, you are not obliged to follow them when they are going against God. That's why you got to have the natural order. That's why you got to know your purpose as a man. You have to understand that when trials come in your life and hard, difficult decisions come in your life, you can't make your own decision like that. You have to make the decision, know the decision that God would have you make so that you have some kind of roadmap. You know, you have to understand that. If you don't understand, because why? Because God knows what's best. He created you. You are his creature. He understands what makes you happy. And if you as a man don't stand up over your life, guess what starts to happen? You become depressed. You become stressed. 
you start getting diseases. You might die early. Or if you don't die early, you're so sick that, boom, your sin, your stress has to, manip- has to manifest itself some way. And it's in the body. Okay? Next. My model is, if as a man, we aren't taking scratches, bullets, darts, insults, etc., for Christ on a regular basis, we are falling in our we are failing in our mission as a man and more severe failing our Lord. Doesn't Christ deserve more? Doesn't your life deserve more? Doesn't your wife and your family and your girlfriend deserve more? Sure they do. He showed us what he showed us what to do by his sacrifice. Now is the time that we actually mimic him. We must mimic Christ. He is our model. He gave his life for his bride, the church. He did. If you don't give your life away, are you a true man? If you don't sacrifice for your wife, are you a true man? If you don't sacrifice for your girlfriend by not having sex with her, by protecting her, by not living with her, by defending her, are you a real man? Can you control? See, the test is can you as a man control yourself, control your pleasures, control your indulgences, control your anger? Can you become in complete control of yourself? Sure, you can't without the help of God. That's why you need a relationship with Him. So God will help you protect your girlfriend from who? From you. So that God will help you protect your wife from who? from you so that God will help you protect your children from who so what do you think get me man kick my butt I don't care kick it kick it whoop it whoop it (laughs) so send your questions to radical questions at catholicalpha.com radical questions at catholicalpha.com And please, again, remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email. For our final segment of the day, bad wife, did you create this monster segment? Bad wife, did you create this monster segment? This is a Catholic Alpha Unleashed video I did a while ago. It asks many questions of men in marriage and men in relationships, period. It challenges us as men to really elevate our situation, our marriage relationship with our wife, our children and God, as well as ourselves. I'm inserting this because sometimes we as men need to hear the hard stuff. Man, this is a this is an important video, man. People, every time somebody hears this video, 
They either hate it, love it, but they never in the middle. But if you if you hate it, if it makes you angry, good. That means that it's the truth. And the first response to truth is anger. It's only helping you listen to it. And this is how it also this is um, about fixing ourselves first. Then and only then can we expect our wives and children to follow God and our lead. If you're a single man, eventually, yeah, your girlfriend going to be with you at first. But if you don't marry her, eventually she's going to stop following you because she's going to realize she's wasting her dang on time. Your wife, if you're a man and you're married, if you're just a selfish dude and you're not giving 99% of yourself, you know, hey, you your wife will eventually stop stop following you and your kids too they look to you to be the leader whether you think to it or not they don't look to your mama they really don't their mama is the one they go to when they need counsel you know they need uh when they need nurturing and somebody to listen to them somebody to to help them comfort them to help them to help tell them softly and guide them softly they come to you when they need, when they need the, the tough answers the tough stuff because they know you as the man going to tell them the tough stuff. You're going to help them through life, the real hard part in life. And that's why you need a mom and daddy in the home. You know, mom and daddy in the home because mama's nurturing. Daddy's about logic and kick butt. And this is what you're going to do in obedience. Why? Because your kids must learn to fear authority. They must. Because if they don't fear authority, which is you, the daddy, they're going to go out and, and, and society and their life's going to be hell. It's going to be your fault. Okay? So... We must learn to fix ourselves first before we start looking at our wives and children and God and the country and society and our friends and work. Fix yourself. You get on the journey towards holiness first. Then you will be able to speak out. First of all, get your butt to confession. Get to confession, man, so you can become, so you can get that all that weight off of you, man. Confession releases a lot of weight. And because you have give, told Christ, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, for having offended you. I'm a creature and I know I am. That takes humility. See, most people say, well, I don't go with no confession because I ain't talking to no man about this and that. See, that's ignorance talking. See, that's just you not wanting to be humble and go in and relieve that pressure, which will save your darn life from a heart attack because of all the stress and all the sin that's piled on top of you. You won't want to get rid of it. You have to get rid of that weight, that guilt, that shame, man. Because it's, it's whether you get if you don't get rid of it, it's just it's gonna be there if you don't get rid of it. And then when you're 90 years old in a nursing home by yourself, whatever, ready to die, all of a sudden now you start wanting to, wanting to talk to God and stuff, man. I'm telling you, dude, that don't work for most people. 99.9 percent of them don't expect that 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 deathbed confession stuff. That's that's the movies. Okay, so. <laughs> enjoy bad wife did you create this monster welcome to catholic alpha unleashed where christian soldiers congregate where we rock the authentic manliness of our lord jesus christ filter through his truth which is the only truth of real men of courage Condemning the cowardly actions of the effeminate, the emasculated, 
the just plain wusses of our society. Over, forever, presenting the question. Be you wuss or be you warrior? Hello again and welcome to Catholic Alpha Unleashed. Today's quote is from Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, and it states, When a man loves a woman, he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its women. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, Life is Worth Living. So, today's post is called uh, Bad Wife, Did You Create This Monster? Now, many of you want to look at me and go, Bad Wife Monster, well, yeah, that's right. If you are a husband, especially a Christian husband, you create the monster. If you're not devoted, if you're not doing things like you're supposed to do, if you're not making love to her right, if you're not being her best friend, if you're not uh, um, serving her, if you're not sacrificing, if you're not praying, if you're not in front of the Blessed Sacrament, if you're not in front of Jesus Christ on your knees praying and asking the Holy Spirit for help, your, your wife and your marriage is going to suffer. So, um, in the art today, I looked at the article it was at the Huffington Post, and it was posted by her. Her name is uh, Carolyn Lehman, and the name of the article is Five Reasons Women Leave Their Marriages." In their own words. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the little five reasons and then I'm going to uh, give my little take on uh, each one um, as we uh, and then I'm going to ask you after I get done to go through and uh, of course read the post today. It, it's, it's a good post. It's short. Um, so um, the first reason is number one, their marital problems wouldn't go away despite attempts to fix them. And the lady quotes, she goes, our marriage was slowly rotting from the inside out and the kids were watching it crumble. See, Christian soldier, this is number one, problem number one. You know, you're taking your wife for granted. She's behind your back. She's up here on Huffington Post uh, getting interviewed, talking about how the kids are suffering and she's suffering. Because why? Sure, these wives in this post have problems. But as, and I'm going to tell you, men, we are the ones. We are the ones that have to change in the society. Because women are going to be who they are. They're going to be loving, compassionate, emotional. They're going to be um, irrational sometimes. They're going to nurture. They're going to be the heart of the home. That's their thing. But if we don't act right, it starts right here. It starts right here. This is where it starts. So look in the mirror and look at yourself. So if a wife is, uh, is, is upset and, and she's, you know, saying things, then what you have to do is remember that 
she thinks that the children are crumbling. So what that means is, uh, that's a cold word for you. She's not happy with you. She's not, you're not doing the things that she needs you to do. And the question is, do you even know what your wife needs? So number two, they can't be the most authentic version of themselves in the relationship. She quotes, I simply wasn't capable of stifling my dreams and passions any longer, nor did I want to. See, that's another, that's, that's a problem. Women have drunk the Kool-Aid too much. She is totally focused on herself, her emotions. She thinks she cares about the children. She thinks she cares about you, but she just cares about herself. But again, we're not talking about her. We're talking about you. So why would this wife say this about her husband, that he's stifling her? Look, here's what it boils down to. A woman, your wife, she loves you. Especially when you're together for the first few years, she loves the hell out of you. But what you have done is in this woman, the man, has her, her husband has probably abandoned her. He's probably not... Um, paying enough attention to her. He's probably not doing the things he did. They probably don't have conversations. I mean, you can't allow, I mean, your woman is letting you know. I mean, I, I bet you this woman has done all kinds of things to try to tell her husband, look, can you give me some attention? Can you, can you man up? Can you show me, can you be the man God's calling you to be? Um, but what do men do? What do we always do? What do we always do? We don't mess with a problem until there is a problem. See, this woman right here, what she didn't did is she said that he's not letting her be herself, which basically means, man, she don't feel close to you. If your wife does not feel close to you, then what's going to happen is, is she's going to start looking for it somewhere. She's going to start saying all kinds of excuses. She's going to start not wanting to cook right, not wanting to go to work, not want to, uh, even the children are going to suffer. People try to act like women don't pu don't punish children for when the when the husband messes up. That's a stone cold lie. If the if if the, if a woman's relationship ain't right with her husband, which is you, then what she's gonna do is everybody's gonna suffer. The love is gonna be gone. Instead of spreading the love throughout the family to the kids, when you don't love her right or pay attention or be the man you're supposed to be. Your wife is not going to be the nurturer. And what she's going to do is going to be totally opposite. Number three, their marriages are no longer healthy or productive. Quote, I knew I had tried everything I possibly could to keep the marriage together after years of watching it fall apart. There's another thing with this crazy secular society, healthy is a misused word. It's all screwed up. They stole the word gay. They stole the word healthy. They just stole all the words. They stole the word marriage. I mean, we can't use anything anymore. And so when she says that their marriages are no longer healthy or productive, that just basically means, look, she feels that she's going nowhere. Nowhere. No veal. Dudsville instead of studsville. That's what you water her. And it comes down to, again, you taking her for granted. She doesn't feel that the marriage is going anywhere. And obviously, of course, this is all Huffington Post. So, you know, none of these people are, are, have any kind of relationship with Christ, most of them. And if they do, they're not going to take the interview person or probably cut it out. 
But look, man, you need Christ and the Holy Spirit and God, which is the Trinity. You need them to keep the demons off your butt. And if you're not praying, if you're not on your knees, if you're not fasting for your wife, if you're not praying for your marriage, if you're not doing any of these things and all you do is wake up, go to work, come home, eat, uh, uh, look at the kids, you know, pet the dog, kiss the cat, then basically your marriage is going to fall apart. You cannot things look, especially if you're Catholic, you need to have, if you're a man, you need to have like today. I don't feel like going every day. I, I mean, I don't feel like going to daily mass every day, church every day. Uh, I don't feel like pe- uh, praying every day. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm just going to be real, but I'm going to tell you what. The thing about the Christian faith, especially being Catholic, is being Catholic, is a, it's a religion of the intellect. It's not about how you feel. It's about what your duty as a man, a Christian soldier, a husband, a father. It's your duty. That's what your duty is. Your duty is to get your butt on your knees. And if you're Catholic, to get to adoration, to, to go get to daily mass and offer that mass up for your wife, for your marriage, uh, do that adoration for your kids. I mean, and for your each child, uh, you need to uh, fast for your wife, suffer and sacrifice. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what these women don't have. They don't have a Christian soldier, a masculine, strong Catholic Christian man in front of them, praying for them, protecting them with the spiritual battle every day. The demons and evil is on your these people, these women's marriages, but and the man, look, the father lies wants to go through you. See, we think that the problem in society is, you know, we ain't got a job, or it's the government. Or it's, you know, we ain't got enough money or the violence or the guns. No, that's not the problem. The problem is the men. The men ain't manning up and being men. And your first duty, your first duty is to be a prayer warrior for your family. Because what happens is when you don't pray, when you don't ask for guidance, when you don't man up and put on the armor of God, baby, what happens is the father of lies, the evil one, he goes right through you, through your front door, past you to your wife and your kids. And if you don't understand that, then you better learn. Uh, number four, the love is gone. She said the love is gone. The quote, I was exasperated with his disrespectful behavior, yet it wasn't his behavior that was the final straw. It was my own behavior. When doing one of our many arguments, I heard contempt and nastiness in my own voice. I knew it was time to leave. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone away. That's the problem. That's another problem. People don't understand what love is. Here's what love is. Strain and simple and plain. Love is about an act of the will. Love is not about how you feel. If you think that you're going to feel mushy about your wife every day, if you think you're going to feel mushy about God every day, if you think you're going to feel mushy about your kids every day, you you looking for divorce court. You are seriously looking for divorce court. Life 
and love is about an act of the will. You decide as a man, as a masculine, strong, Catholic, Christian, uh, non-emasculated man that I'm going to love this woman and I'm going to be with her no matter what. See, that's where the suffering comes from. That's where Unite With Christ suffering comes from because you can't do it on your own. See, we think, man, we think we're the strongest. We think we can do this. We don't need nobody's help. But what it boils down to, if you think back in your life, I don't care if you're a billionaire, a millionaire, or you're the poorest man in the world. You have never done anything on your own. There's always been somebody in your life that helped you along. And your mama wiped your butt and your daddy protected you when you was a kid. And I don't care if you got a billion dollars right now, if you or if you Oprah Winfrey or if you uh, uh, Bill Gates or whatever, Bill Gates didn't get to be a, a billionaire by himself. There was somebody in his life that nurtured him. There was somebody in his life that gave him a break. And the problem with the problem with men today is we said we can do things on our own and you can't. You can't do everything on you. You can't do nothing. On you. I mean, you can't even breathe without the help of Lord. You can't. So that's what I'm, that's, that's my point about that. Uh, love is an act of the will. Just remember that, you know, commitment, man. I mean, you are not a man. You are not a real man until you're willing to die for something. And if you out here and you trying to, all you want to do is do your career and, and make all this money and buy all these cars, hang out with these women and these dudes watching football, man, you got a serious, serious serious misconception of what being a man is about, especially a Christian man, a Christian soldier, a man of courage, a true man. God, Jesus Christ is the ultimate man. And what you need to do is remember how tough he was. The nails in his arms, carrying that cross all the way up that hill. Could you have done that? Could you have took and been on the, uh, been down on the, um, uh, 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 had the thorns put on your head? Could you have withstood that? Could you withstood the um the scourging with the metal hooks? See, man, Christ was the man, dude. He was tough. He wasn't this little old weak dude that these these people be trying to portray him and these little weak pictures with the long hair and the pretty white skin and soft and all that stuff. Man, Christ was a Jew. He was he was brown. He was a, more of a brown skin. That's not even the point. I don't even care about the color. What I would care about is I hate. I don't like when we portray our Lord as this weak, soft looking dude. And he wasn't, he was a strong masculine man. That's what Catholic Alpha is about. Strong, masculine. He suffered and sacrificed and gave his life for his bride, the church. And that's what he's asking you to do as a Christian soldier, as a man. I don't care if you're a secular man or religious man or whatever you are. If you're not trying to be perfect and you're not trying to be a saint and holy, you got a problem. You got man issues. You got moral issues. We all going to fall. But these women in this article right here, what's going on is these women are missing their hero. These women are missing their champion. These women are missing the night, their knight in shining armor, dude. And she chose you. You chose her. Man up and make it work. Number five. They don't like the lives they're living. Quote, after 11 years of marriage, I decided to leave when I realized how far I had strayed 
from my authentic self. We were living in Europe at the time and I had lost my identity. I had taken on my husband's Dutch surname. The exact moment of clarity came to me in the middle of the night. As I lay awake next to my snoring husband, as I had done so many times before, I allowed the words that I had suppressed for so long to flow to the surface. I hate my life. Now, first of all, on this right here, you are talking about you hate your life and you living in Europe. Okay, first of all, you confused right off the bat. Okay, you living in Europe and then there's a dude in Indianapolis in the hood with his wife and kids living on the street and you're complaining? That's the problem. Her husband did not make sure that that woman felt loved cherished, fulfilled. And that's the problem. We look at her. She has a problem. She does. Basically, she didn't even look like she want to take her husband's name. That's another problem for another video. But look, we have to remember that women don't talk like this when they're satisfied, when they're fulfilled, when they're cherished. When they're made to feel like they're loved, like they're first in all things. Women don't talk like this. This is why I say like a lot of dudes, people that are watching this video or read my writings. If you don't really read it, you're going to think I'm, I'm that that I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm blaming the men. It's always the men's fault. You darn right. It's the man's fault. God, the father put Adam in charge. Adam named the animals. Adam named the mountains, the tree. Adam named the fruit. He named everything. Eve wasn't even around. So my point is, if God left Adam in charge and left him to protect, to defend and serve, then you can't shuck your responsibilities. You got to get off the couch, get out from on that TV, get off that job, and make your woman feel like a woman. That's the problem. We are so busy running around out here doing all this crazy stuff. Your first priority is your marriage. God first, like I always say, God first. Marriage second, your kids third, and yourself last. That's the way it rolls. If you got anything in any other order than that, divorce court. Divorce court. I'm telling you, and if you ain't divorce court, your marriage is going to be miserable. And if it ain't miserable, it ain't going to be thriving. You're going to be just surviving day to day. You're going to have your wife talking like these women right here. They're going to be talking just like them. And you're going to be wondering, what did I do? And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna ignore her. You're going to ignore all the clues your wife give you. You're going to ignore all the clues your kids give you. You're going to ignore all the clues your friends are probably now you probably got friends that tell you nothing because don't nobody want to hurt nobody's feeling these days. So your friend's probably telling you nothing, but I'm telling you, your wife's telling you, she might not be coming straight out and looking you in your face and saying you're doing this and that, but she's giving you clues. She's giving you clues. And when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So please, please, if you don't listen to nothing I say, man, just listen. Your wife, dude, she's the mother of your children. Don't be like the rest of these dudes out here today in the society, the second society, man. You know, got 10 kids, four, five kids, three kids, they in prison 
or they work all the time. They got a kid over here, a kid over there. And their beloved wife is at home just waiting for their champion to come home and return, to sweep her off her feet, to make her feel loved and cherished. No, I'm telling, like I said it again, no woman talks like this. No woman talks like this, speaks like this, feels like this when their husband is on his job. If you don't know how to get on your job, you need to go to CassiCAlpha.com and read my articles and look at my products I got. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I will get you to where you need to be. There's a free course on my site. It's two weeks. It's free. It comes through email. Just read it, man. It'll get you started on where you need to be. I don't care if you think you got a good marriage or not. Because most people that think they got a good marriage, they usually don't. You better ask your wife. You better sit down and talk to her. Uh, so, see, and that's the five things. But let me see. See, those men, those women, those five women's husbands created that monster. And that's what I mean. They created that monster. You create your household. You're the man. Your wife is your battle partner, spirituality. Your wife is your helpmate. Your wife is your partner. But the relationship ain't 50-50. The relationship is you. You the relationship. And if you got to put in 80% to her 20 of what you got to do. But see, man, if you change and get yourself right, your wife has no reason not to change. She will change because she wants to be in your corner. She wants to love you. No woman, and I've said this before, no woman, no woman wants to go out and give themselves to another man when they've chosen you. They just don't. It don't happen. But see, when we as the husband, we neglect, we don't get our... We don't, we take them for granted. We don't have our stuff together. Then what happens is your wife starts thinking you don't care about her. And no matter how you want to put it, women are women. And if you don't love them right, man, they, they'll leave, man. Or they'll start acting all crazy. They let you know. The thing about women is I love about them is they let you know when things ain't right. They may not come out and tell you straight out, but they will give you a lot of different hints. And if you observant, and if you try to learn the mysteries of your woman, and if you don't let her be mad and go along and, and be down and depressed and you try to really help her, most of the time she'll let you know what's going on. So who's the real problem here? Now, I know, you know, I, I, I'm going to say you the problem. I'm going to say you the man, you the problem. You the man, you the problem. The problem is this. Your job you had a family and got married for a reason. And if you one of these single fathers out here or single uh, that, that or you didn't, you know, you didn't you know, let you let your family break up. See, the thing about it is, is when you let your family break up, man, you failed as a man. I don't care. Nobody's I don't care. Nobody here tells you. Because these one of the people that tell you that misery loves company. If you as a man allow your family to break up, you got a problem as a man. You didn't screwed up. You failed. You're a failure, man. You're a loser. I don't care what nobody say. You are a loser. What you need to do is go and get your woman back and get your family together and change yourself. Get with God. Ask the Holy Spirit what you got to do to get to fix yourself. Become a man of courage, a true man, and, and get yourself together. That's what you do. I don't care what nobody out here tells you. Nobody. They don't know what the heck they're talking about. Anybody that tells you to leave your woman is a fool. 
Anybody that tells you, oh man, she don't know what she ain't about nothing, man. She ain't this and she ain't that. Oh man, come on over here and hang out with me. Oh man, let's go do this, man. Oh, you'll get over it, man. You ain't gonna get over it. Your kids ain't gonna get over it. And nobody in your family gonna get over it, man. You left your woman, man. You left your wife, man. You screwed your family up, dude. You got kids. No matter if you got one kid, two kids, five kids, or ten kids. Those kids will never get over you being a uh, screwing up your family. They ain't going to get over no matter what nobody tells you. Your kids ain't going to be all right. Your wife ain't going to be all right. And you ain't going to be right with the Holy Father neither. You're going to be right with Christ. You ain't going to be right with God. You ain't, man. You ain't. No matter what nobody tells you, you cannot divorce your wife. You cannot leave your wife. It's about love is an act of the will. That's what it is. Act of the will means this. You stay there. First of all, you maintenance your marriage and you do the things that you're supposed to do so that you don't have to worry about going to divorce court. Next thing, uh, we always want to blame our woman. And I haven't talked about that already tonight. We always want to blame our women. Yeah, this is what she did. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. You know, she let the kids do this. She let the kids do that. Man, Man, that's the that's way, that's way losers and foolish people talk. What you have to do, I'm telling you, is, is hang out with your woman, be her best friend, get in her heart, get in her soul, and get in her mind. And your woman will be your partner. She is your, look, man, your wife is your spiritual partner, your battle partner, man. It's you and your wife's job to keep evil off your kids. See, people think... You know, well, I don't got to go to church. I don't have to have God. Or I can go to church once a year. Or I can go to church once a month. And everything's going to be all right. I ain't got to pray. I can do it all on my own. So, man, whatever you do, your wife going to do. Whatever you do, your kids going to do. You are the head of the family. The evil one has to come through you to get to your family. Remember that. And if you ain't, if you're not asking for the help of, of Christ and, the, and God... The evil one, he loves that. He loves it. So I'm just letting you know. See, you, I don't care if you're a secular husband or a Christian soldier. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you don't think that bad things and evil things will happen to your family if you don't protect it, you got a, you got a, you got a problem coming. You got a problem. Like I said, it ain't your woman's fault. It ain't your kid's fault. It's your fault. You the man. You here responsible. And what the government's trying to do and what most of these uh, people are trying to do, the misery loves country. They want you to be divorced because they divorced. They want you to be a loser because they a loser. See, and you, you let your wife is going out here and you going out there and y'all ain't together. And I'm telling you, man, it's just a recipe. That's a recipe. Uh, next thing. When is the last time you tried to win the heart of your beloved? And that's that's a tough one. I ain't saying, hey, I, I, I slack too. I ain't gonna lie. I slack too, but I don't slack long. Because believe me, if you ain't with your woman, somebody else trying to be with her. That's another thing. If you ain't with your woman and being right with your wife, somebody else is believing there's a, there's some, some knucklehead out there that's trying to be with your wife, especially if she's working. Especially she's working in her little job or whatever she's doing. I don't care if she's uh, Hillary Clinton. I don't care if she's uh, Condoleezza Rice. I don't care if she's who Janet Jackson. 
I don't care these little young lady guy guys and all these little girls, man. Believe me, that's why these uh, stars are always getting divorced and stuff because men are going to be dogs. They're going to be on your woman if you ain't praying, if you ain't got the Holy Spirit on you, if you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. That's just the bottom line. That's just the bottom line. So my point of it is, is you got to win your wife's heart every day. You got to hug her. You got to hold her. You got to kiss her. You got to kiss her neck. You got to tap, you know, pat her on the butt. You got to hold her. I mean, you got to show her and make her feel close to you. Because once your woman and your wife starts feeling like that y'all not close no more, it's that the, the devil's going to be in her mind, man. She's going to be get, start getting all this crazy feels. And then she's got to be fighting. Well, I'm married and I don't want to be messing around or I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. It's your job as a man to make your wife feel loved every single day, not on the days you feel like it. That's why it's what? Love is what? An act of the will. You kiss your wife even when you don't feel like it. You hug your wife even when you don't feel like it. You rub your wife's feet when you don't feel like it. You wash your wife's feet even when you don't feel like it. You suffer and sacrifice for your wife even when you don't feel like it. You know why? Because that's what love is, dude. That's what love is right there. Heck, anybody can go. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like people that, that they think that with Jesus, Jesus ain't supposed to be on the cross suffering. Why you think Catholics do this right here? Why you think Catholics always have Christ on the suffering on the cross? You know why? Now I'm not trying to, you know, dog out anybody, or whatever, but it's just the truth. Christ didn't come down here. So that we can all be hooping and hollering around talking about we saved and how, you know, all happy every day and all we, no, you cannot unite with Christ until you understand the suffering of Christ. That's just the bottom line. It's the suffering of Christ, the suffering. It's the suffering that makes your wife pure. It's the suffering that sanctifies your family. It's the suffering that you do and you united with Christ so that your family and your wife and the world is benefits. If you're not sacrificing, if you're not, what's going to happen is your family's going to fall apart. That's just the bottom line. I know I say bottom line a lot, Donna, but it is the bottom line. <laughs> okay, last couple of things. By changing you, you'll change her. That's 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 mass marriage one on one. Marriage one on one. First thing something go wrong in your marriage, you don't look at your wife. First thing you do is you run your little butt upstairs or run your butt in the bathroom or pull out your mirror that you comb your hair with and you look and look at me. What did I do wrong? What am I doing? What can I do better? That's what you do. That's what you do. You never blame your wife first because most of the time when things happen in the family, it's because you didn't do your stuff right. And I know I keep coming back to that, but man, that's the truth, man. Bad wife. Did you create this monster? That's the name of this blog post. That's the name of it. I mean, you create this monster. You create the fam you create the family that you got. Believe me. Ask anybody knows anything about Mary and that know what they're talking about. Any any priest that is that's doing his job to understand that that's any priest that's in, that's in adoration every day, that's praying every day. They know the real deal about marriage. They do. So anyway, you look at yourself first. And then when you change yourself and get you right, your wife will be compelled. She's going to be like, man, what are you doing? What's going on? And then she'll change herself. 
You ain't got to, you ain't got to, you don't have to make your wife change or nothing. If you have a bad wife or your wife is unhappy or whatever's going on, like these women is in that article, you change you and your wife and you, and you start being in front of the God and you start praying and being, and, and, and being the spiritual battle and, and doing what you're supposed to do, taking care of business, making love to her, right? Kissing her, right? Holding her, right? Um, uh, being her best friend, having conversations with her. I mean, just making her feel like y'all close and that she's, that she's first in all things. Man, your wife will be compelled to change with you. She can't help it because she loves you. Okay. Now, I already said this. Get off your butt and fight the spiritual battle every day. I already talked about this earlier, so I'm not going to go into it again. But you got to fight the spiritual battle every day. What is the spiritual battle? The spiritual battle is against yourself. You have to protect your wife and your marriage from you. And you ain't going to hear nobody tell you that, but that's the deal. You got to protect your family and your wife from you. You know why? Because if you are not a man of courage, if you're not a man, a virtuous man, if you're not a man of character, if you're not a man that that is a man of God, dude, your family going to suffer. I don't care. People think their kids grow up and their kids just going to be good no matter what. No, your kids ain't going to be good no matter what. Your kids... You know, they're going to be messed up. They're going to make mistakes. That's what kids do. But man, if you want your kids to be able to be happy, if you want your kids to, to, to grow up and, 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 and not get pregnant, and, and I'm going to tell you what, I ain't the perfect father by far. I tell you that. But I tell you what, I got three kids through high school with no kids. Three of them. And I got two more little ones running around here. And I'm going to tell you what, them two little them two little butts are not dating nobody until they sixteen. I mean, and when I mean sixteen, I don't mean dating. They're gonna be like Godfather two. Remember in Godfather two, where Michael asked he met that pretty girl and he went and asked the father, <laughs> could he date her? He went on he wanted to marry her, and the father was like, no at first, and then he said, yeah. So then you 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 looking at the um at the scene and then Michael and the girl are walking down the street and then all of a sudden the camera pulls back and there's a whole family there's all the women in the family the sisters the mothers the aunts and everything and that's how we got to protect our daughters and that's what I'm telling you my son that's how they going to be at 16 they can court that don't mean but they can go and see who they but they not dating nobody cuz ain't going to be no kids running up in here there's not going to be no unchastity or nothing like that. And it's our job as parents, our fathers, to make sure this stuff don't happen. So that means the spiritual battle. Your wife is your spiritual partner, but you, you have to be the one doing a lot of praying. You got to be the one calling the Holy Spirit to keep the evil one away. So did you enjoy that? Man, I know it was tough, dude, but that's because I love you, man. I want the best for you. I want you to know the truth, and I want God to be in your life, man, to help guide you, dude. This is not me talking. This is God talking. This is what I study. This is what I have given my life for to, under, to try to understand over the last three years, to try to understand marriage, to try to understand sex and the intimacy in marriage, to try to understand courting and dating and all that stuff, to try to understand masculinity and manliness and who the example of that is, which is Christ, St. Joseph, the saints. Okay. So man, I hope I didn't upset you too bad, but what I can say is welcome to the world, brother. 
you have been you have been uh crucified you're not crucified <laughs> you have been indoctrinated into catholic alpha radical and lastly uh, please again remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email. And remember to send your questions, whether, whether positive or negative, or any feedback to RadicalQuestions at CatholicAlpha.com. RadicalQuestions at CatholicAlpha.com. <laughs> And in conclusion, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, quote, society offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian soldier, for listening in today. Remember, Catholic Alpha Radical is designed to repair, ignite, and once again spark the fire back into your marriage.